0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Dark Cast. This is DCI number 67 and I'm your host Jonathan Miley. In this episode, Brian gets to talk to Colin Day, who's the developer behind Rogue Wizards. Rogue Wizards is a top-down, turn-based roguelike RPG uh, that's currently in the middle of its Kickstarter campaign and doing great. It looks really fantastic. Unfortunately, I couldn't make the interview, but Brian did a great job, so thank you, Brian, and thank you, Colin, for being such a great guest. If you'd like to find out more information about Rogue Wizards, then check out the show notes to this episode on darkstation.com. If you'd like to find out when other interviews like this are going up, then you can follow us on Twitter at darkstation underscore com, and you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, where are the Darkcast. While you're there, give us a review and let us know what you think of the show. And finally, if you'd like to send us an email, you can do that at podcast at darkstation.com. As always, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. <laughs>
1: Monday night or yeah, almost Monday night where you are. You're in San Francisco, I'm in Florida. Let's let's do this thing, man. Why why you're you're doing Rogue Wizards. That's the game we're going to be talking about, but first foremost, uh, who are you?
2: Uh my name is Colin Day. Um I'm the founder of Spellbind Studios, which is an independent game developer in San Francisco, uh, and we're working on the first project called Rogue Wizards. which is a fantasy roguelike uh, Role-playing game with uh, some town building and procedural environments that is coming out for uh, desktop and mobile platforms in 2016. Neat. Okay, so
1: looking at prior to Spellbind Studios, I see that there's this huge resume of fantastic names on it. Can you just run us through just a little bit of what you did before you started this? Sure. Sure.
2: Yeah, uh, I've been working in the, as a programmer in the video game industry for almost 20 years now. Um, and I got my start uh, working on this game called Nox, in the town that I went to college in. Um, and the creator of Nox is Mike Booth, who has since gone on to found Toro Rock Studios and Left for Dead, so he's kind of this no name in the industry now. Um, but that's really where I got my start, uh, because like, I love doing role-playing games, and there just happened to be a guy building role-playing games in the town that I was in. Um, Fast forward a little bit, like you know, Knox gets goes out to California and gets bought by uh, Virgin Interactive and Westwood Studios, and that's where it gets released. Um, and also while there, we spent some time. Uh, I spent some time making uh, Command and Conquer Generals, uh, which is the first 3D Command and Conquer in the franchise. That was back in uh, early 2001 or 2002 or so. Um, after that, I moved up to San Francisco to work on uh, Diablo three with the Blizzard North guys in San Mateo and spent a few years doing that um, on that project uh, before they closed the studio down and moved moved Yellow back down to Irvine, uh, which is really where I just moved from and I didn't want to go back. So I decided to stay <laughs> in this area. They just didn't invite uh, you. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, you know, pick up your whole life, move over here and have great good time for a couple of years. And then it's, ah, oh, nah, you want to move back here? I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'm good guys. Uh, but I did follow the the founders of Blizzard North, which is uh, David Brevik and Eric Schaefer, Bill Roper and Max Schaefer, over to their new company, which was Flagship Studios, uh, where we put out Hellgate London there. Uh, and after that continued uh, with uh, some of the Dave Brevik, who went on to be the CEO of Gazillion Entertainment, where I was the lead programmer on Marvel Heroes.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, we actually
2: MMO. talked to him, I want to say right before they rolled out, um, 2015. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a big push 2015. I'm totally still following what all the guys are doing down there. I just went down to <laughs> to go meet everybody for drinks last week. It's pretty cool. The project's still rolling, rolling good. Yeah. Oh man,
1: it's it is rolling real well. I had a lot of fun with that. I I got the I did the review of the first time around, and so when I oh, yeah? came back and I got to talk to David and and kind of see all the new stuff they were doing, I kind of went in for a second dive, and I I probably put around the, just about 30 hours in the first time. Uh, by the time I ended up stuff, I think my Steam counter's at like
2: 120. It's it's a real <laughs> yeah, you deep hole to fall back. down. For these for these big MMOs like that, you know, I mean, we spent four years making the first version, right? Um, but you gotta come back because they have, like it continually evolve and change. So, I and that's one keep thing that's really that cool about games. just kind of games in general right now, right? Like people are releasing all sorts of stuff, and then like they continue to get updated with the fans, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> that's
1: probably one of my favorite things about all the online games is the fact that they can keep, they keep adding on, they keep, um, like just just making that value proposition so much better. And when you have something, especially like Marvel Heroes, where uh, the barrier to entry is absolutely nothing, that the only place you can go is up. <laughs> And and you, people can decide how much they want to go in for, and that's yeah. it's such a
2: great thing. It's fantastic. I really love it. It was a really fun project. I had a good time working on it. Favorite hero? Oh, my favorite hero. Uh, Wolverine's a good favorite one, you know, because he's got these great claws, right? Like, there's just this the the audio guys. I remember they put these sounds on him, which just make it feel really good when he like does his like swipe. Did they really
1: use like... like were they using like celery or something? Like, what's what's the craziest? Uh-
2: I love all the Foley stuff. I'm like I don't know how did do it yeah, actually I don't know how it got made. <laughs> I just saw it when it went in and was like, ah, this feels awesome now. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly sounded great and it, it, he is a blast to play too.
1: Um so with with Spellbind, um, how long have you guys been around? Obviously this is your so... first game, so
2: not not super
1: long. Sure.
2: Yeah. Spellbine. Uh, so what I did is after four years uh, as a lead programmer on Marvel Heroes, uh, I really wanted to go out on my own. So I, I left the company um, and started uh, Spellbine Studios on my own. Uh, and that was in June 2013. So it's just been a little over a year now. Oh, okay. And, uh, the company is uh, primarily just me. Like that is like I am the one who does all of the programming. I do almost all of the design, um, all of the early versions of the game. like I drew all of the art myself and I'm putting all the music and sound effects, and then I'm getting from libraries and other, and other people around. Um, but then I just recently, <clears throat> in the past uh, few months, like now I, I contract with a couple of artists. So I have a part-time artist whose uh, name is Alex Madrigal who, uh, who draws virtually everything in the game. Uh, And another part-time animator, uh, Aiden Scott, who brings everything to life uh, with all the uh, spine animation, it's called. Um, And then I have uh, my brother-in-law, Clay Retzer who's worked in the industry uh, for a number of years uh, back at New World Computing on big titles like Might Magic and all this stuff back then. And uh, he offers a lot of design feedback, and we go ideas, we go back and forth. He gives me a lot of testing stuff. So it's kind of the four of us that are sort of collaborating to make this happen. But I'm the only guy that's working on this full time, and it's just I live and breathe like rogue wizards every day, all day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so while, while you're breathing it, why don't you tell me about it? Because I'm looking at a lot of these pictures, and it looks crazy. Yeah. The, uh, the art is great, but this the, there's... There's uh we have like tiles that we're walking on. There's enemies all over the place. i I bet there's loot because there's all this stuff scattered yes. across the bottom.
2: There is. It's like I, I love role playing games. I mean, there it is not no surprise that you know I, I ended up working on things like Nox and Hellgate and Diablo Three and Marvel Heroes. Like these are all similar kind of games in a way, right? There's these uh, there there are these role playing games with a big loop train, and I really really love that. And um, they have all these procedurally generated environments, which I think is great. I wish more games did that. So Rogue Wizards is a is a take on is a modern take on a on a classic genre of the roguelike, like, um, where you view your your you have your wizard and you adventure in the dungeons and the dungeons are all randomly generated so it's never the same uh, when you go go there um, and all the layouts are different all the items that are there like they get generated with randomized enchantments so you know no two items are going to be alike and all their stats are randomly rolled. Um, there's another big component to this game where, in between the dungeons, you go into your wizard tower. And this is kind of like your sanctuary in between the dungeons. Sort of like in, I mean, in like the older Diablo games, or whatever, like, or other roguelikes. Like, there's town, you kind of go back, and you, like, sell your stuff. And it's kind of a breather, and you can, like, go back and adventure afterwards. Sit and listen but, to
1: Cain for a little bit, absolutely. Yeah, stay a
2: while and listen. Yeah. Classic. Um, that never gets old. <laughs> but in this one, like, you get to, you put the town together yourself, so... It's kind of like a little simulation mode, but it's it's not it's not like a sim city or any of that kind of stuff but you kind of have you have this god's eye view of your town and you get to build structures on there and the structures are really an extension of your character so where it, um whereas before like you would be adventuring in the dungeon and getting items and that and you get skills and new magic or whatever and that and that is your whole of your character like your character really um, exist more also here in the in the town that you build. So you can build a vendor and they'll have new loot for you to, to acquire and you can sell your old stuff and you can upgrade those vendors. But you'll also be building other kind of structures that enhance your your experience in the dungeons, such as, like, the there's these magic altars so you can, like, permanently level up, like, all of your fire magic or all your ice magic. Um, and you can construct these other, like, material uh, generators in the town which sort of extract, like, you know, Arbor Extract and aqueous Essence, like, from the Earth, which is the economy of the magic spells. Um, so it really kind of, like, between that and your items, like, it really kind of represents, like, your whole whole character. And that's the core game loop is you build all this stuff in the town so you can go into deeper dungeons where you can find more cool stuff and go back to town so you can build more cool town. You just kind of do that cycle for a while. And that that's the core of the game.
1: Is there... I, I'm a dude who's really into lore. Like, crazy more ridiculous the better um what's outside of being an awesome wizard with your own town what's what's kind of
2: driving you down into this dungeon yeah so a lot of that still hasn't been fleshed out yet but the the basic idea is that there are all these uh like rifts in space that have like opened up all the all over the world and um your job is to go find out, like, well, what are these things and, and why are they here? And, and ultimately, I hope, you know, how to close them. Um, but you don't really know anything about it at, at the start of the game. So when you start, you start the tavern, and all it says is, you know, go to the tavern for leads, see if you can figure this out. And as Standard you progress adventure the, fair. <laughs> As you progress through the game, like, we're getting, we'll give you bits of, of information about, like, where these are coming from, or, or you might find this guy here that's related to it. And so that story will start to fall together. Uh, but it's... Like I said, this is this is an early uh, alpha of the game right now, so not all of that is in place. Um, plus, we got to leave something in there for for you guys to discover in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, that, uh, specifically about the art style, I mean, it looks um, it looks awesome. Uh, it's kind of cartoony. The dude looks kind of young. Um, mm-hmm. Is he coming at this kind of like Sorcerer's Apprentice way, where you know he just kind of stumbles into this? Um, and yeah, um...
2: so like you're a boy wizard going going through this, and that's okay. like I've always. Uh, I just I, I was as I ever since I was a boy. Like I was just I wanted to like be able to do magic, right? So, um, what better way to kind of do that? Like now, because now I can, right? Like now I can actually. You do, do not have
1: way. to explain that to me. I live in a house with a person who is still waiting on their Hogwarts letter. So that's. I I'm so... all up in the.
2: It it would be just cool to do magic. Yeah, I mean, I just love magic, and so like the the. The point of sort of the character in this game is one of the things I never really liked in uh, some of the older role-playing games is that you had this character class thing, which just, you know, you have to do it at the very beginning of the game. It makes a huge difference of what your play experience is going to be like. You're like, oh, did I choose the magic user? Did I choose the warrior or whatever? And like, which one should I have done? What would I like better? Um, So far, like, I'm kind of shying away against uh, character classes. I just want to have you know, your character. It's just because it's kind of like older ultimate games. There's like the avatar, right? Like, and you can just use everything. And like, I don't care if you're a wizard, you can use a sword and a shield and you can still shoot your lightning bolt. And like, that's all fine with me. <laughs> like, because it's just fun to do all that kind of stuff.
1: Whatever, whatever you're cool with as a character, if you want to go in that direction, that's
2: awesome. Yeah. You know, so the player, you know, can, there's nothing in the game that you won't be able to experience and have, have fun with. And you won't feel like you ever made the bad choice. Is it
1: only um, is it only you going into the dungeon um, can you bring a friend is it AI
2: yeah so you start off like on your own and in the game right now like you will find uh sometimes on different floors in the dungeon you'll find other uh, wizards in there and other followers um, that will join forces with you and then they'll do battle with you for a while and uh, they're controlled by AI and they'll go around in the dungeon and they'll help uh you know, destroy the monsters and stuff. And, and they'll last with you, like, through levels. Um, and one of the things I'd like to do in the future is, like, you know, they can come back to town, or maybe you build a structure in the town where you can recruit more of these guys, right? So you can, like, pick, hey, I want, you know, this wizard to come with me in this dungeon, or this warrior to come with me on this one, or or something like that. You know, whatever you want, whatever you needed to sort of, you know, customize that, that dungeon experience is sort of in, in the future goals. But right now, you just kind of find guys randomly around there, and they follow you around. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, hey, you're not trying to kill them, so. Obviously, yeah. something cool is going on. <laughs>
1: um. Okay, so I'm looking at some of these pictures. I noticed that some of this loot has a purple sheen to it.
2: Yes, I, those are magic.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Good. Yes. Yeah, now we're talking. So, what, like, uh, like, walk me through. Like, so, number, first off, what's where's the rogue-like part of this? Is it only in? Um, in kind of the, 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 procedural dungeon design, um, are you, if I die, do I lose all this and have to start over?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, roguelikes mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. If you, if you talk to the hardcore roguelike crowd, they're like, if it doesn't have permadeath, it's not a roguelike. Yeah. Um I've talked to those people. And <laughs> and in, I personally really love permadeath. You know, it sort of adds this like authenticity to everything you're doing, right? It's like you're very scared all the time. You're living in constant fear, right? Like if you're gonna die, you just lose everything and you start over. Um but I also know that a lot of people don't like to play games in constant fear. Um, and I want this to appeal to a broader audience there. So Although I will have Permadeath in there for some different modes, like different difficulty or some New Game Plus modes. You can like maybe do an Endless Dungeon or that kind of stuff. Like, by default, like it's not going to be you go in and you die, um, and, and that's it. The death penalty that I'm sort of iterating on and working on right now is uh, you go into the dungeon, and you know if the dungeon beats you and you end up dying, like, that dungeon is closed. And you actually can't ever go back to that same place. Oh. So that means whatever the quest was, that you don't get that quest, there was a particular reward that was generated for you, like that's just gone. And you'll be able to go find other new quests now, but like you kinda of have one shot at the dungeon.
1: Okay. I kinda like that. That's uh, it still kinda adds the um the sense of urgency that you would get from from so you know from everything yeah. in Splunky. And yet I'm hoping
2: these... it has. Yeah. I'm hoping it adds a little bit of that, you know, authenticity to the to the dungeon without it just being just a super big penalty for making a mistake.
1: Um so with the quest, um are you, what kind of stuff do you earn from doing it is or is it stuff where you're offered items? Is it kind of a one of a kind thing that you're not going to be able to 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 get again?
2: Yeah. So the the experience that I have right now is the quests, or what give, give you the they give you these things called blueprints. I got to think of a better name for these, uh, but it's the <laughs> ability to build a new structure in your town. Um, so those are oh, intentionally okay. compressed at the beginning right now. So uh, the very first quest you get, you know, you'll learn how to build the sundries uh, supply depot where you can buy potions and other magic reagents and that kind of stuff. Um, so those are super unique and they really help, like in the game, uh, with with your gameplay um in the future like there'll be other stuff that you get in the quests. like um there'll be some really fat loot that's generated at a much higher level at a higher quality with a lot of magic stuff and those are the things that will be that will never kind of turn up again um but the uh the blueprints like they'll show up like even if you fail the dungeon like okay so you don't get to do it that time but that blueprint will come up again like in the loot rotation and you'll be able eventually eventually be able to get those ones
1: yeah you're not permanently um,
2: locked but... out of something in your town yeah, no. You'll you'll never be permanently locked out of that. Like you'll they'll always come up in the quest, so you can ha, you can eventually get that. There's also a very very small chance, like as you're adventuring in the dungeon, that you also just might happen to find something that enables you to build a new structure from just a regular loot drop. But it's a very small chance.
1: <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Here's a lot of, let me. Okay, so you, from from the notes that I have here. It varies. I'm very studious right now. Uh, from the notes that I have here, it says that you're you're actually developing this for PC, Mac, iOS, and Android all at once. Yes. How crazy are you? Uh, yeah, totally crazy.
2: <laughs> technology has really moved on. This is this is really awesome. Like modern game technology is fantastic. Um, I don't ever want to really build an engine from scratch again um, because now there are just so many more options out there. Uh, that you can just pick up and start going and start using right away. Uh, so for this game, I'm using Unity, and Unity goes to PC, Mac, you know, Wii, PlayStation, Xbox, like everything. I've heard and, that it's uh, not
1: very—it's not a big stretch to to get it synced on all that and have it running on everything at the same time.
2: Yeah, you know, I literally, like, there's a little bit of code in there that I had to write to sort of do some differences between, like, handling a touch interface and handling the mouse, but, like, beyond that, I literally just push a button and say, like, hey, publish for, you know, Mac and publish for iOS. Like, it's it really is just that easy. Uni's a fantastic game game engine. I really love it. Um, so I'm intending to, to first bring out Rogue Wizards on the PC and Mac side, um, but shortly after, um, it'll be coming out for iOS and Android. And the game runs today on all of those platforms right now. Um, it's just I have to do one at a time because I'm only one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. Um, also, uh, kind of building
1: it out. Um, you guys have a Kickstarter campaign running right now, and yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to say that it's
2: going. It seems to be going very well. Yeah, it's it's looking pretty good. Like it ends on Tuesday, November eleventh, and as of today, we are about fifty percent funded, and we have I think twenty two days left to go. Um, so that's pretty good. Crossing my fingers, hope that it works.
1: <laughs> uh, for those, uh, you know, obviously with Kickstarter, they uh, they've got all the backer rewards and that kind of stuff. Um, for those listening, if they decide to back this, um, what could you know what's
2: what's kind of in the goodie bag? So, uh, in the reward levels for the Kickstarter, um, you can pledge at $15, and that'll get you uh, the basic game um, on the on your, your choice of, of PC or Mac, and there'll be DRM-free options for that as well. Um, as you go up in reward tiers, uh, you'll get uh, access into the closed beta. We're giving away the digital soundtrack. We can get your name in the credits. Um, you go up a little bit higher than that, we'll start to offer some exclusive backer items, so you'll, they'll... Uh, there's like a set of a set of loot, which is like armor and some swords and daggers and stuff that will appear in your game uh, as part of the uh, regular loot tables. Um, even higher from that, there's a, a backer pet, which is a little Dragon Whelp, which we're uh, enlisting the feedback from the fans in the community to sort of guide its design so that we make the, the Dragon Whelp that they want. Um, and beyond that, on on Monday, no wait, what did you say, Monday, on Tuesday, tomorrow, I'm going to announce a, a new reward level. Uh, that gives you a special wizard tower that only backers there. So every time you go back, you'll you'll get to see your your pretty tower that that nobody else does, and that's our way of saying thank you for for able to make the project happen. If if you have a little bit more money in your pockets, you can spend more on. Uh, you can be a part of the game. You can start up to name some of these elite monsters and name dungeons and. Um, you know, make a signal that will appear on your, on, on shields and an architecture in the game. And at, at the $500 level, we even have a couple of slots left where our artists will draw you and you will be one of the NPCs uh, or our followers uh, in the game. Um, so that's kind of a fun one. <laughs> Get lost in the dungeon, folks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, when do you, when do you expect to be done? I noticed there's a couple of different dates on here. Uh, what do you, what are you shooting for as far as uh, Rogue Wizard's release?
2: Yeah, so we're aiming to release the game starting with the PC and Mac platforms in early 2016. Um, so that really gives me all of next year to do artwork for the remaining uh, environments and uh, monster designs and the gameplay systems. And near the end of 2015 is when I start want to start thinking about the closed beta and then eventually an open beta and all that kind of stuff. Um, shortly after the... Uh, PC and Mac release in 2016 and I plan to move directly on the iOS and Android versions. And since it's in Unity, I don't expect it'll be very much longer after that. Um but we'll just see how it goes. Um is okay, so I I don't think I
1: asked this before. Um so you mentioned like, you know, one of the backer rewards is possibly a like a you know, the the wizard tower that's special to you. Um yep. is there a way to look at like another person's city, how they have it set up? Is it more Just kind of like single player and that kind of
2: stuff gets shared online? Yeah, right now it's a single player game. Um, And if there's enough interest, one of the as of of yet unrevealed uh, stretch goals for the Kickstarter involves some of those kind of multiplayer features where you could, um, what what I'd like to do is have a couple people play. Um, you know, you building your tower online, and then we would store your data in the cloud. And then it'd be cool if, like, you know, you are you on my friend's list or something, and then I could go look at your town, or your wizard could come with me and adventure in the dungeon, you know, off while, while you not necessarily while you're online. Um, so, sort of like interconnect the town, and maybe you can help each other's town, or maybe, maybe the wizard will take some rewards out of that back to that guy. So, there'll be a benefit to doing that stuff. Um, but right now I'm focused on the base game, so those are those are kind of stretch goals that I'd like to do um, after what I get. I think is the the minimum necessary in order to make this a, a compelling single-player experience. And I want to do this other stuff on top.
1: And that's that's what the the money that you're asking for right now is going to. This is going to make it, uh, you know, kind of the,
2: the the game that you foresee it should be. Yeah, correct. Like the, the base level is going to get the the single-player game around three or four environments or so. There'll probably be around 20 monsters, you know, there'll be dozens of items, lots of enchantments and all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, if I have enough uh, resources uh, and, and time, like, I'll just you just add more stuff on top, because that's the way these things work. It, it, it's just more fun when you... All the gameplay systems interact with each other, so... Um, because of the, the procedural nature of the game, like, it's really easy to add in new material that just spreads across, like, the entire... Uh, entire content of the whole game so we can make as big or small as games as we want uh, and the more layers you put on it just the, the better and deeper rich, and richer the experiences
1: excellent excellent Um, uh, Jonathan normally has a sad question that he asks right now but you guys are doing real well so I think I'm going to avoid that uh, because that always brings us down and <laughs> you know I'm good he's not here his tooth is hurting we'll we'll let him be sad on his side of the world there okay <laughs> Um, uh, but otherwise I think I'm done with like kind of the main game questions. I'd, I, I, I want to move on to what we call our end game. Um, mm-hmm. and that's a, a questionnaire, um, very similar to kind of what James Lipton likes to ask at the end of his inside the actor's studio. So it's more a personal look. Um, but luckily we can ask the entire studio since you're here with us today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey! uh, start and I expect some really good answers because you are a fan of RPGs. So I, I want to see how far deep down this rabbit hole we can go. Uh, So, uh, question number
2: one, um, who's your favorite video game protagonist? Favorite video game protagonist? Yes. Um, That's definitely the Avatar. Like, the Ultima series is my hands-down favorite series. It's what got me into role-playing games. And so, like, the Avatar, like, specifically when when I talk about the Avatar, I think of, like, Ultima 4. Right? It was this groundbreaking game where it's like all of a sudden the point was not to go kill the bad guy or rescue the princess of doing that stuff. It was like to be virtuous and like that is super unique and the fact that the game the entire game is built around being a virtuous uh, you know character in order to, to complete it like is just totally awesome. There's nothing else like it. There's not and that's really cool.
1: So side question to this if you could put it into a percentage, How much of Richard Garriott's space flight do you think you funded?
2: (laughs) Oh, lots. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've bought every single Ultimate game, every expansion, all of these other weird ones that go along with it. Like, yeah, I've played them all. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Uh, Flip in the first question. Who's your favorite antagonist?
2: Antagonist. Uh... uh i'm trying to think for role-playing games let's see this is this is m- mainly what i play um hmm. oh i have to think about this one for a minute
1: all right take your time
2: yeah the uh i mean i like this stuff in the ultimate series but that was that was old you know, I played a lot of the Diablo stuff. Like, And Diablo was kind of a cool antagonist, but you know, he didn't really have a lot of personality. He just kind of looked cool and you just kind of beat him up. He growled um, a lot. Lots of fire. He did, he, he did growl a lot. Um, I think I really liked um, this final boss in Final Fantasy III, which is a really old game right now, so I'm probably dating myself. Um, but you get to this thing and it's... uh transforms, and the battle goes on for, I kid you not, like, I actually timed this thing, it's like 20 minutes <laughs> is what it takes to finish this thing. And I've never, ever seen anything that was just so grand and huge that just kept pulling you on and on and on and on, and every time you thought you killed him, you'd be like, oh, yes, I'm done. And then, like, the whole background changes, and it goes into this vortex, and now you're in space. Like, I mean, that, I just, I really, really loved that guy. Oh, absolutely, man.
1: I mean, Final Fantasy 4 when, uh, uh, Zermis and, and Zermis when he does that. So you, you kill him as like, he's like this little dude and then he does this big grand transformation oh. and suddenly it's like the worst trip you ever had going on in the background and there's all kinds of craziness and things are throwing meteors at you and that goes on It like you said, like they don't do the 15 or 20 minute like super fights anymore. That's something <laughs> that's kind of lost so that's absolutely, that's a great that's a great callback. And no it, Final Fantasy 3, that's fine. um next question uh what's your least favorite um theme or trope in video games today
2: what would you like to see go away uh i really want to see all of this modern new uh free-to-play stuff there's a couple of things that are going on right now that are very popular in ios um these like stamina mechanics right where it's like i can't play the game uh, unless I pay this little thing, or there's an annoying timer or something in the game that you that you hurry up and, and finish it. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. I really really hate that stuff. Yeah, it's, that that stuff <laughs> always drives me nuts. And it's it's something where it's like
1: especially as somebody who really enjoys kind of taking deep dives into video games, that that kind of gets in the way. And that's yeah. that's always what I'm running into. While somebody who's kind of more casual about it. Uh, like, my wife, she really enjoys this, uh, this, like, Maleficent, like, it's almost like Candy Crush, but it's, like, diamonds or something that you're breaking. Mm-hmm. And that's got one of those timers in it, and she's cool with it, because she's done with it, and she puts it down, and she go do what she she does. But it's, like, I look
2: at that timer, and I'm, like, now you are holding me back. Now I can't yeah. do this. What you know, the hell? It, it's, it works for a certain kind of game, but it's, like, you know, I think that, you know, players, you should be able to take that deep dive. You should be able to play the game, like, kind of... On your own terms, when you want to play. And if you want to play for hours and hours, like, I don't want to stop you. Like, I want you to play the game. <laughs> I, I don't want to give, I want not have you give me a dollar. I want you to keep playing the game. The longer you're playing the game, it's it's actually the better chance that you will come back, like, and if we're doing microtransactions or whatever, like, really want to pay for that additional content or that new level or expansion pack or whatever. Like, it, it's, you know, getting people involved into that game, it just seems like a, a much, more rewarding process and long-term I I think it's better for, for this kind of stuff. Absolutely. All right. Fourth question. Um, And now for,
1: for those of you who aren't on my side of the computer, um, Colin actually has video right now, so I can see him. I'm at an advantage behind you Colin.
2: Yeah.
1: Right (laughs) behind you are things that look like records. There are probably people listening to this. That don't know what records are. What what's actually behind there on the on the bookshelf? Let's
2: see. What do we have here? This is green. This is green. This is an Anjuna Beats record. It's Rush and Murray. It's called The Promise. One of the best trans tracks there ever was. And uh, vinyl is just, like, super great, right? Like, you know, oh, look, this one's even signed. Oh, that's that fantastic. Something. It's signed. You guys are missing this. <laughs> Ronsky Speed. This is the best uh, fourth question I've ever asked. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love to DJ. Like, I do electronic, like, music production, and I go out and, like, we'll play at friends' houses, and we play at bars and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's ele- electronic music on vinyl, like, is particularly good because... You know, years ago, when when you when people people bought out vinyl for, for other albums, you'd get a whole album in this big big record, and they'd fit it in there. But like now, on on when you buy electronic tracks, um, you know, it's like you get one track per side, right? But the 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 sounds that come out of vinyl, like, are actually just not reproducible, you know, by an electronic medium. And when you when you have when you put it in the DJ mixer and you put it on those headphones, like, you can actually hear the difference. And for years, I always thought like people were like ah vinyl, it's always better. I was like ah those people are full of it. Um, but no, there's actually something to it once I started looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: so that's like so if we were to, to, to put this into terms that kids understand, um, vinyl would be the 1080p of uh, of music
2: yes that's okay. right
1: and how how crazy is that that you're you're you have electronic music
2: on vinyl i know like... <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird huh? <laughs> and, and and even the strangers that you know will go to these parties you know like in the forest or in the desert or wherever it's like ah we're gonna go connect back to nature and listen to electronic music yep. <laughs> <laughs> <Because it's... laughs> what? You hear that
1: thumping? That's bears, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to actually wonderfully lead into uh, question number five, which is, you know, right now you've you've worked on tons of games. You're running your own studio as you. You're making uh, the game that you want, so you're living the dream. Um, is there another dream that you would like to live, given the chance?
2: Yes. Um. It It, it does lead perfectly into this, like, once I'm done making video games and um, all that kind of stuff, and, and it'll be a day. Like, I would love to have a house by the ocean that sort of overlooks, um, has a nice view of the sea, and, and I want to have, like, my music production studio there. Like, I, I've had this dream for a long time where I also wanted to produce music, and, and I keep working towards making enough material for an album, you know, and, and that, that, that's my first goal with it, is just to release an album of, of my own stuff. And, and these days, I, I mainly produce, like, uh, electronic, you know, chill kind of music, um, something that's you know that you have in the chill lounge or, or that kind of stuff. And so I'd really love to get back to that and sort of make a name for myself, uh, in that space too one day.
1: That's awesome. I I like people with dreams. <laughs> uh, Six questions. You, you always gotta have a dream. You know, Don't... you gotta have something, to, and I I've learned that especially like uh I got a I got a three year old and a, and a, now he's one year old now, so it's like it's it's really neat kind of imparting those little lessons onto them that you always kind of have to have you know something something even if it's something small just something to keep you going because otherwise i mean you know the monday is a monday is a monday yeah. what what are we gonna yeah. do
2: yeah have your dreams you got to chase your dreams man you know and it's like don't sit around and just dream about it too like it you'll find amazing support you know if you just start talking to people about what that dream is and and start to figure out how to make it happen like I think a lot of people would be really surprised at, at how how easy it is to actually just get started and really chase that dream, and and achieve success at it.
1: Next question. This one's a little weird, so I'm going to preface this with: Have you ever seen Escape from L.A.?
2: Is that uh, I, I, an image is coming to my mind of like the Statue of Liberty? That's Escape from New York. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so same character.
1: It's Kurt Russell playing Snake Plissken. Um, this one is, uh, just as bad, <laughs> but it's so bad. It's good. Uh, LA, uh, you know, just to give you a little background, LA's, uh, had, the, they had the big one. It broke away from the continental United States and is now being used as a prison colony. Um, but at the end of this movie, um, snake Plissken comes into, uh, he, he comes into possession of a controller that will... That runs a group of government satellites that cover the globe, and with one push of a button, he can drop an EMP on all of us and just kill all the communications and send us back to the Stone Age. With that in that's mind, <laughs> right? With that in mind, you receive a note that says that's happening tomorrow morning. What game do you play tonight? What game
2: do I play tonight? Um, I'm not going, I'm not gonna go. Until I finish Velocity 2X, which I just started last weekend. (laughs) I can't stop playing. So I'm going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to finish that game. I
1: like that. I like that it's something you're playing now, that it's like, I'm getting through this. You cannot turn this (laughs) off before then. And you know
2: what? I could say,
1: having created this scenario and the fact that you have a memo about this, that you can make that demand. So before (laughs) the world shuts off, you will finish
2: Velocity 2X or not. And it will never happen. Don't hit the button yet. I, I just need... I gotta go through. I gotta get my time a little bit better here in order to get to this next area because I gotta get another scientist. Like, it's just, my dream, yeah. damn it. <laughs> All right, so final
1: question. Um, at the end of this life, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad is there with the Book of Our Deeds, um, what would you like him to say to you? <sighs>
2: huh, I want I want him to be welcoming me into the next grand adventure that I can't even understand yet, um, but that I am really, really hoping and is out there. And I think it is. <laughs>
1: hey, I always think of, uh, of Dustin Hoffman and Hook uh, when he looks at Pan and says, death is the only great adventure left. And so hopefully I've got a whole lot more before then, but absolutely, you know, take me to Neverland.
2: I'm going to do everything that I can in this life to enjoy and make the most of it. Um, but I, I, I hope that there's another thing after this that, that would just, that'd be, that'd be cool, right? Like <laughs>
0: that
2: would be super cool. It's just gotta be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Colin, thank you very much. Um, before uh, we close out this shindig, why don't you tell our listeners one more time where they could find out some information, drop your Kickstarter page,
2: final bits of knowledge. Go. Sure. Uh, Just visit uh, RogueWizards.com. You can find all the information about the game on there, we have the launch trailer, there's links to the Kickstarter, Um, we have an active green light campaign on on Steam, you can help vote for the game and get it on Steam, and we will always keep RogueWizards.com up to date with all of the latest gameplay info and screenshots and and everything, so just check it out RogueWizards.com.
1: Colin, thank you. You're a gentleman, a scholar, a fantastic uh, purveyor of fine RPGs, and one of the men responsible for sending Richard Garry to space. It has been a pleasure.
2: <laughs> Thanks very much, Brian.
1: And as my wife said, you wear a hell of a hat.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't a
2: hat.